We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all the fine folks on the other end of the speaker. And the 49ers put their foot down today, topping the Panthers 37-15. You know, this was one of those games, it, it, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. You know, it was a good team versus a bad team, an elite defense versus a horrible offense. And for once in a blue moon, the offense actually looked really solid um, and made the Carolina Panthers defense, which has some clean pieces, um, look pretty pretty pedestrian. So pretty solid game for the 49ers, getting it done. You know who else is a winner? Um, A quick little break here. Max Verstappen, your 2022 Formula One world champion. Did it so damn well that he ended it with four races still to go. Now he's after uh, Schumacher and Vettel's uh, record of 13 wins in the season. Max is at 12. Anyways, I had to give a little shout out to Max Verstappen. Um, just doing the damn thing. They had a they, they had a, a shortened race yesterday, last night in Japan uh, because of the rain. They only raced like 30, 30 laps, 30-ish laps. And in 30 laps, Max Verstappen almost had a 30-second lead, which in the Formula 1 world is absolutely massive. So. The dude is just on another level, um, and that's his second world championship after last year's. So we'll see where he goes from here. Exciting. If you're not into Formula One and you want to give it a shot, I recommend Drive to Survive on Netflix. There's like four seasons on there, and it kind of just breaks down the world of Formula One in a way that's very, very easy to, to digest, and it's very entertaining. So uh, check it out. Anyways, unfortunately for the 49ers, this was one of those wins that will undoubtedly feel like a loss because the injuries the injuries came at them hard today. The bug was in full force. First, you've got Jimmy Ward, who just came off of injury reserve this week. He has a broken hand, or what's likely to be a broken hand. Most of the time, when Kyle Shanahan's breaking these injuries down, they already kind of know 
and then they're going to use the tests to confirm, you know, MRIs, all the x-rays to confirm what they feel like they already know. Every now and then there's a surprise, but usually when the team knows, they know. So first you've got safety Jimmy Ward, which was just a huge piece to get back. He now has a broken hand. And it's unsure of the severity. It's unsure how long he'll be out. I mean, you see a lot of defenders just come trotting out there with a huge club on their hand like Patrick Willis. But it's you never know if if a player is willing to do that, if a doctor recommends that. And, uh, you know, as a safety, you want to be able to intercept balls, you know, but maybe even with a club, it's still it's not like Jimmy Jimmy Ward was reeling in a ton of interceptions. But we'll see on that. We'll see where that goes. Uh, it could be a while. Nick Bosa left with a groin strain, um, not even technically a strain. Kyle Shanahan said it was mostly just tightness. Uh, my guess is Bosa probably missed his practice this week and may be in in line to play next week against the Falcons, but we'll see. It, it also wouldn't surprise me if they rested him for that game just to uh, to be careful, but we'll see. It may, it may be something that doesn't even affect him tomorrow or the next day, but we'll, we'll see. We just We just don't know very much right now. Robbie Gould left the game with a leg injury. Kyle Shanahan said it was a contusion, which is a fancy way of saying a bad bruise. Uh, maybe he had some swelling, he, uh, apparently, during the game. Um, now, the 49ers special teams has been pretty damn good throughout the season, but on two occasions today, Robbie Gould was the last man uh, with the possibility of making a tackle, and he made it both times, God bless his soul, but uh, on the second one, he took a pretty hard hit and uh, messed up his leg in the process, didn't come back in the game. Mitch Wisnowski went into kick, missed one, made another, um, two extra points. So we'll see with that one. I mean, like I said, they just labeled it as a contusion. Hopefully it's nothing worse. Hopefully they're able to have him before the for the next game. Um, and then the big one that I'm not even waiting to hear about is a uh, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, who along with Charvarius Ward was just the, the pair of them were just having an excellent season. Uh, he is likely to have torn uh, his ACL. Uh, Kyle Shanahan still waiting on the MRI to confirm that that would obviously end his season, uh, which is unfortunate for him. He was on a contract year. And if he continued to play at the level he was playing, he would have gotten paid whether by the 49ers or another team, uh, significant money, uh, a, a big contract. And uh, that is likely to be no more. Um, he went up, broke up a pass. And it's fitting that, that he tears his ACL on a pass that he broke up. Deep pass over the middle, went up, broke it up. And you could tell he just came down on his foot, ankle, and knee in a weird way. And that was that. That's all it takes, especially on this bullshit turf that the NFL still keeps forcing players uh, to play on. So there goes Mosley, expected. And uh, and that's a huge loss. Now the 49ers do have the benefit of some exciting rookies. You got uh, Chance Womack. Um, then you've got Diamondor Lenore, second year player. Um, we'll see which one of those guys steps in. They also have uh, Jason Verrett, who is slowly working his way back off of injured reserve as well. Now you never really know what you're going to get there and how ready he is. Obviously, when he's healthy one of the most talented corners in the NFL. But again, that when he's healthy, is just a massive asterisk. So, you know, you've got Sam Womack. You've got Ambry Thomas. You've got Diamondor Lenore. You've got a decent amount. You've got a decent group back there to, uh, to kind of support an injury like Emmanuel Mosley. But are they going to play at Emmanuel Mosley's level? Probably not. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to doubt them before they get their shot. But 
again, you're talking about a 37 to 15 win that just in the end kind of ends up feeling like a loss because these injuries are just so brutal. And leading up to this game, I wish I would have pulled it up here. Um, I believe the 49ers were the second worst team in the NFL right behind the Baltimore Ravens when it comes to injuries. I've got it right here. Every NFL team ranked from most healthy to least healthy through week four, according to NFL BUS scores. Um, Quantifies how injuries affect the overall team position and player performance on a scale of zero to 100. And the 49ers are 31st out of 32 teams, um, just 1.2, a 59.5, just 1.2 above the Ravens, which had a 58.3. For comparison's sake, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are number one. They have a 90.5, Minnesota 90, Green Bay 86, Chicago 83, KC 82.9, Pittsburgh 80.7. And then you go all the way down to the 49ers at 59.5. So they are just getting destroyed by injuries, and that number would probably go way down um, if it were to take into account what happened today. So, But in the end, the 49ers did win the game. They did look like a very good football team in the process. And we got to get to uh, to the good stuff because, you know, I had to leave off with that. Otherwise, you're, you're recording the entire podcast with that stuff in the back of your head. And, uh, you know, just I always like to lead with the bad news and then we'll follow it up with the positive stuff. Uh, the first positive aspect of this game, my first takeaway is uh, this Jimmy Garoppolo is all the 49ers need. If Jimmy Garoppolo can play how he played today on a consistent basis, which we know Jimmy Garoppolo is not necessarily a consistent quarterback, um, but if they can manage to get something like what they got from Jimmy Garoppolo today, this team has the ability to go a long way. Garoppolo completed 18 of 30, which is 60%, which is about the, the threshold for it being considered a good game. But he did throw for 253 yards, average 8.4 yards per attempt, which is very good. Um, for comparison's sake, Baker Mayfield was at a... Six, uh, six yards per attempt. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo also threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 109.4 quarterback rating. Very, very well done. He also ran in a touchdown that was called back due to a uh, an Aaron Banks holding penalty. But Jimmy Garoppolo looked good. He did have a couple close calls. Did have a couple close calls. Um, but for the most part, he took care of the football. No fumbles, no, no interceptions. Uh, I'm assuming there's probably a stat out there. When Jimmy Garoppolo does not throw an interception, the 49ers are probably very good. So it seems like just one of those Captain Obvious moments, but it's just, that's definitely the way it is with the Jimmy Garoppolo, who's always going to struggle to kind of, he can't necessarily overcome the highest of mountains in terms of what the game throws at him. He looked good against the Blitz. He had a few big completions against the Blitz. Um, He led the 49ers offense down the field consistently. You know, you started the game off with a seven-play, 75-yard drive for a touchdown. Here's an eight-play, 43-yard drive for a field goal. Here's a 10-play, 72-yard drive for a touchdown. A 12-play, 75-yard drive for a touchdown. And then um, after a, uh, a fourth-down stop late in the game, they had a two-play a two two-play drive for three yards and a touchdown. But as you can see, a lot of longer drives in there. Jimmy Garoppolo was moving the ball. He was moving the 49ers down the field. It was impressive to watch. The 49ers were 7 of 12 on third down. That's very good. Uh, we'll get to the, the Panthers' third down conversion rate here in a little bit. Over four, almost 400 yards of offense, averaging 6.5 yards of play. 
Um, it was it it was nice. It was nice. Weird. The Panthers and the 49ers threw for the exact same amount of yards. 244. Five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Time of possession, pretty equal. But it was just a solid game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Orchestra, like we said, orchestrated long drives. Um, had a few completions against the against the blitz, which he's been very bad against lately. You know, in his first season with the 49ers, he was really good against the blitz. Uh, and then it slowly deteriorated from there. But did well today. Did well today. Like I said, a couple coast claws. Uh, he did throw the the football at the defense a couple times, but nothing was caught. So in the end, it was still a solid game for Jimmy Garoppolo that I appreciated. And if the 49ers can get that player um, moving forward, they'll do pretty well. They'll do pretty well. But on the other side of the football, my second takeaway, take the defense just maintained its reputation of just being just ridiculous. Just so good. You know your defense is good when 15 points seems like they gave up a lot. I think the 49ers were averaging like nine points a game coming up to this. Something uh, utterly ridiculous. But you know when you give up 15 and everybody's like, hey, what the hell? That that you're, you're spoiling everybody. Um, I was going to put him down on my standouts, but uh, you got Charvarius Ward, who just dominated. He had four pass breakups, one of them for a touchdown. And it's just looked like everything they wanted him to be. And you could tell that having that guy on this team just sets the defense up on another level. I mean, when you just, I'm not going to get into that. I want to mention that later. But the 49ers had eight pass breakups today. Emmanuel Mosley had two of them. He also had an intercept. Emmanuel Mosley uh, had an interception return for a touchdown. Uh, you know, that's, again, it's tough to bring that up knowing what he ended up befalling him during, in, in the game. but. Still an impressive showing. This defense just unrelenting. It was so impressive. And even some of the, you know, the touchdown on those 15 points felt like they uh they just it was more of a 49ers slip up than it was a Panthers like finally doing something good. Oh, baby Baker Mayfield. Oh man, he was he was struggling. He was struggling. He was struggling. Uh Talano Hufanga uh, talked to uh the media after the game. Took responsibility for some missed tackles. I believe he was probably the primary culprit on Christian McCaffrey's one touchdown. But, hey, you know, like, whatever. Whatever. It, they're allowed to have those mistakes, especially a player as young and inexperienced as Hufanga is. But it was just another strong showing. You go all the way back. I mean, even at the end of the game, when the Panthers started to put some of, the, some of their backups in, the 49ers put some of their backups in, and you had two sacks in a row to close out the game. It was just... Just relentless, relentless football from a defense that is looking like the absolute cream of the crop. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive, right? and I'm, I'm sure you guys are, are thinking the same thing. Um, so we've got uh, Jimmy. This Jimmy Garoppolo is all the all we need for the 49ers. The defense maintaining its reputation. Uh, the injuries obviously marred a solid victory. Next for me, we've got Jeff Wilson Jr., who has become. As of right now, the new engine of the 49ers offense. Sure, Debo's doing well. Um, I mean, he didn't do anything spectacular today. He had nine targets, which is a ridiculous amount. But he only caught two of them. Um, dropped one and what may have been another drop on another in the end zone. I'm kind of putting it on him. Um, it, he was coming along the back of the end zone. Kind of slowed up while he was looking for Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Jimmy Garoppolo threw it to him. And he sped back up and dove. And then kind of put his hands on and dropped it. So. Had he never slowed down, it probably would have been a more routine catch for the old Debo. But 
going back to my point, this seems like Jeff Wilson Jr.'s offense now. Now, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo had a great game, but Jeff Wilson Jr. had 17 carries for 120 yards. He averaged 7.1 yards a carry, and his longest run was 41 yards, and he had a touchdown. He just he looks like he's picked up that Elijah Mitchell role very, very well. Now, no, he's not Elijah Mitchell. They don't run the same. But he has ran well, and it's been very impressive, and I don't feel like the 49ers rushing offense is suffering. You know, and that is uh, that's what you want to see with, with the injuries to Elijah Mitchell, with the injury to Ty Davis-Price. You want to see the 49ers offense just continue to thrive on the ground, and Jeff Wilson Jr. has helped them do that. He's He's been awesome. He looks like the bell cow. He's playing like the bell cow. It's It's been good. And the 49ers brought back Tevin Coleman this week. He had eight carries for 23 yards. That's obviously not an impressive number. Um, that's less than three yards a carry. But he did score on a toss play, and then uh, he did score on a pass play as well. So pretty impressive outing. Just Tevin Coleman getting his first meaningful action today, and then just gets in the end zone twice. You know, that's a big, big deal. It's just good to see the 49ers rushing offense continue to thrive despite the fact they've had, like like everywhere else, they've had some losses there too. It's, it's just a weird thing. Some other standouts that I have from the game. Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings only had two catches, but they were both on third down. They totaled 45 yards, and in order to make both happen, he had to break a tackle. It just, they were two highly impactful catches. Both of them moving the chains. Both of them, I believe, resulting in a touchdown on the drive. And he just made some catches that were just big boy catches. Like I said, broken tackles, earning the hard yards. He took one of them for 32 yards down the sideline. He just had a, a big game. For, for only having two catches, you would think he was one of the more prominent pass catchers in the game just based on the moment he caught those passes and the impact he had. It was impressive. You know, very, very clutch on third down. Talked about Tevin Coleman and getting into the end zone twice. Um, you know, if if the, if he can stay healthy and the 49ers can lean on him while Elijah Mitchell comes back, while Ty Davis-Price comes back, while Jordan Mason comes back. But I believe Jordan Mason was even – was he even injured too? I thought he might have been. But so I don't know what it is with these 49ers guys. I, I really don't know what to tell you. Uh, my third standout was linebacker Dre Greenlaw. Now, Dre Greenlaw finished the game with 11 combined tackles. And over the last three games, Dre Greenlaw has 36 tackles. And he's led the team in tackles in all three games. This man is all over the place. Now, Fred Warner had a more impactful game. Dre Greenlaw, 11 tackles. Fred Warner, 9. But Fred Warner also had a sack, two quarterback hits, two tackles for loss, and a pass breakup. But in terms of being that guy in the middle of the defense, making the tackles when you need it. I could have sworn Dre Greenlaw had a tackle for loss too, but they don't have him credited with one here. But this man has been all over the place. I know I gave him a little bit of shit for missing that tackle on the Russell Wilson scramble where he looked like he had stones for feet, but I mean, that is production, production, production. I mean, you're talking about a a guy that's averaging, if you were to extrapolate this out throughout a whole season, is averaging like 150 tackles. You know, maybe more, which is just absurd. It's crazy. And he's doing it right after the 49ers extended to him to what I believe was a new tier, two-year deal, um, which which makes him look great. Um, and he's just he's playing at a great level. Such a good compliment to Fred Warner. I'm enjoyed watching it, man. I mean, 36 tackles. 
over the last three games. That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. My last little standout here, I just put Sack Boys. Sack Boys, hell of a nickname. You got Fred Warner, one sack. Talano Hufunga, one sack. Uh, Gibson, half a sack. Flanagan Foles, a sack. Uh, Burks shared the sack with Gibson. Uh, Omenahu, a sack. Drake Jackson, rookie defensive end, had his own sack that was on fourth down, nearly a safety, and the 49ers would score three plays later. So, I mean, you're just talking about a ton of pressure on Baker Mayfield. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine quarterback hits. Three, four, five, six, seven tackles for loss. Just getting after it, you know, just. And you look at the names behind those sacks Drake Jackson, Charles Amenahu, Oren Burks, um, Tayshawn Gibson, Demetrius Flanagan Foles, uh, even Talanoa Hufunga. They're all like guys that are either backups or just kind of earning their, their, place among this defense and it's impressive it's impressive um obviously you know that today's game was a little bit of a hit for nick bosa and his and his, his sack numbers but he's still at six sacks through five games so that's nothing to uh that's nothing to scoff at just a stat that i forgot to bring up earlier when i was talking about charverius ward um per next gen stats of the nfl ward allowed just one reception for 32 yards and forced four tight windows on six targets in the 49ers 37 to 15 victory over the Panthers, Ward has forced the highest tight window target rate, 36.7%, since entering the NFL in 2018 with a minimum of 200 targets. Um, that beats Jari Alexander, Chidobi Awuzie, Ronald Darby, and Casey Hayward. Uh, that just means that he's always on his man. You know, that means if it's a tight window throw, that means he's in good coverage. So that has been such a huge piece for the 49ers and uh, let's hope that you know the loss of expected loss of Emmanuel Mosley doesn't just kind of negate Charvarius Ward's impact you know what i mean like now that that Emmanuel Mosley's not on the other side defenses may just leave Ward alone and which is you know he's still him doing his job and then pick on the guy opposite Ward but let's let's hope that's not the case we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, 
we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, let us wander on over to Twitter for your takeaways. Actually, before we get into your takeaways, the only thing I want to leave off on is is we are about to find out if this 49ers team is for real. Right now, they're first in the NFC West. They're 3 and 2. They're the only team in the NFC West with a winning record. Everybody else is 2 and 3. The Rams lost their second game in a row to the Cowboys today. Um, the Cardinals lost to the Eagles. And who am I missing? The Seahawks, <laughs> idiot, lost to the Saints. So they are all two and three. Did the Seahawks lose to the Saints? Man, I was watching that game. I could have sworn they were they were going to win. Nope. Yeah, they lost 39-32. Man, not a lot of defense going on there. Sheesh. That is a 71-point game. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Rams got kind of tore up again. Only were able to put up 10 points against... The Cowboys defense, but that's a good defense. So anyways, we're about to find out how real this 49ers team is. When you look at all their games, you know, they lost to the Bears. They beat the Seahawks. Then they lost to the Broncos. And then they beat the Rams. And then they just beat the Panthers. None of those victories outside of the Rams are super impressive. The 49ers found embarrassing ways to lose in two of those games against the Broncos and the Bears. Now, the Bears game was just such an anomaly, a bit hard to hold them accountable for that, but it is what it is. Both teams were playing in the same conditions. But if you go and look at the 49ers schedule, they are staying on the East Coast to play the Atlanta Falcons, which is at 10 a.m. next Sunday. I love when we when we get 10 a.m. games. I don't know. Do you guys like I mean, I like that. I like the 10 a.m. games. I like watching it at 10 a.m. then getting the afternoon time slot and then getting the evening time slot and, you know, getting more time to record the pod, all that stuff. But after they return home from the Falcons, they've got a week seven home game against the Chiefs. They've got a week eight away game against the Rams, Levi South. They've got their week nine, nine, week, week nine, nine, week nine bye. They've got a week 10 game, home game against the Chargers. They've got a week 11 away game against the Cardinals. They've got a week 12 game against the Saints. They've got a week 13 game against the Dolphins, a week 14 home game against the Bucks. I mean, that is a strong slate of games right now, right there. Dolphins have looked solid, didn't look too great today. Where they at on here? Lost 17 to 40 to the Jets. Ouch. New Orleans Saints, a bit harder to take them seriously, but you never really know with the Saints. I mean, who knows? But 
you've got a lot of good teams in there. Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, Bucks. It, it, that is a strong slate of games. It reminds me of that 2019 gauntlet we talked about. I can't remember what it was. You know what? Let's let's wander over. 2049ers 2019 schedule. Let's see. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. You had Cardinals, Seahawks, Cardinals, Packers, Ravens, Saints, uh, a better Falcons team, I believe, Rams, Seahawks again. Like, I mean, that is a, if you think about what 2019 was like and what those teams were like, that was a, a healthy slate of good teams. They barely beat the Cardinals. They lost to the Seahawks. They barely beat the Cardinals. They they destroyed the Packers. They barely they barely lost to the Ravens. They barely beat the Saints. That was the George Kittle catch, put them in field goal range game. Then they lost to the Falcons. And then they barely beat the Rams. And then they barely beat the Seahawks. So that was a very strong slate of games that really defined what that 2019 49ers team was capable of doing. And I kind of believe we're entering into the same thing. As long as the 49ers don't get complacent, they should take care of the Falcons. And then you've got the Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, but uh, after the after the Saints and Dolphins, Bucks, Seahawks again, if you're still taking them seriously. Geno Smith's been doing okay. It, it's, it's not an easy stretch. Now, the, the good thing is, you know, home, away, home, away, home, 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 away, home, you know, and then away home. You've got a, strong, a bunch of home games in there. And if the 49ers can start winning games, that Levi Stadium crowd's going to start turning up. They're going to have a home field advantage, and they're going to get themselves into playoff contention. So just know that although the 49ers seem like they've kind of righted the ship, we're going to have a much clearer picture of what this team is capable of after the next four or five weeks when they play some very, very much quality teams. I mean, right now, have they even played a playoff team yet? I mean, you could you could maybe argue the Rams, but they're now two and three. I mean, I'm sure they'll turn that around, but that's really it. So we are about to find out what this 49ers team is made of. So let me close out of some tabs here, and let's get over to your Twitter takeaways. Not as many takeaways this today. Now we got enough to to roll through. I can I have a very good guess as to as to what they are going to pertain to, but not as many takeaways. Uh, we got we got this is our first you know moderate takeaway turnout. We gotta we gotta step our game up here. All right, red and gold in Arizona. Jeff Wilson Jr. balled out. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He looked like a bell cow back, and I was going up against. Jeff Wilson Jr. in fantasy football, and I'm taking—it's refreshing my live stats right now, guys. He did really well. I think he had well over 20 fantasy points. What? Well over 21.2, 21.2 fantasy points. That's a very, very good game for a running back. So Jeff Wilson Jr. is out there behaving in fantasy like a running back one, as well as in real life. Just look great. Like I said, you can't average over seven yards of carry in this league and not get some serious respect from, from me, from you guys, from other NFL teams. So that's a, that's a big game for the old JWJ. Uh, this, <laughs> he changed his name to Rob Lauders, my daddy. It's hard to feel good about a win in which Nick Bosa and Emmanuel Mosley are taken out with injuries. Not impossible, but it takes some of the shine off. Absolutely. That's fair. That's fair. 
outplayed, outcoached, next up, Atlanta. Yes. In tur- that, that, I mean, Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, is on the hot seat. A lot of uh, You've already seen the tweet that says it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I mean, it, it could be soon. And that goes to say also for Baker Mayfield. I think it was John Middlecoff that put out a little YouTube video saying this is the type of game. The 49ers are the type of team, and this is the type of game that gets people fired. You know, the 49ers destroyed the Panthers. And uh, with Matt Rule in the hot seat, we could be hearing about that very soon. I'm sure Baker Mayfield, the, the, the Panthers are already planning on trying to get Sam Darnold in there. So it was definitely one of those games. Um, where things are uh, things are changing. Rob uh, Sograd says, Rob, man, I'm so tired of the injuries. So, so tired. I know, man. I mean, we talked about it. We explained it in detail during this pod. It's just brutal, and I don't know why the 49ers are always at the forefront of these injuries, or at least they're always like a top three injury team, top five injury team. It really is quite wild. I, and I don't know how to explain it. I think there's a comment. Yeah, it's it's coming up. I see it. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But I know, man. I'm sorry. I know you're tired of it. I wish I had the answer. And obviously, the 49ers wish they did too. Because none of these, this is their livelihood. None of these guys want to get hurt. But it is happening at an alarming rate. And of course, the 49ers play a turf game. And they lose a player to an ACL. Paul Nappy. 49ers defense is awesome. Even with player injuries, they still dominate. They do. I mean, you got to think of it that way. They just got Jimmy Ward back, and they were dominating beforehand. Eric Armstead's been in and out. They're still dominating, uh, you know. And you got other other guys that could work themselves into the rotation, uh, like like a Jason Verrett. But they're dominating without him. We'll see how they hold up without an Emmanuel Mosley if that uh, prognosis ends up being true. But it, it, it losing Mosley will have an impact, but this defense will still be very good. Benjamin Martin. Oh, the famous Benjamin Martin from the Wilderness Campaign. It's he's even got that as his uh his profile picture. Shout out to you, man. The Patriots is such a good movie. I love it. I know historically it, it walks, you know, wanders pretty far from what I think the truth was, but who the fuck knows what the truth was, man? Everybody everybody was making shit up in those days. 49ers need a new medical staff, training staff, and never should play on turf again. If they had a choice, I'm sure they never would. But like I said earlier, turf should not be a fucking thing in the NFL. I do not care how hard a team has to work to maintain grass in an area where grass isn't a thing. Uh, I don't care if you've got a dome. I don't care what you've got. If the Packers can keep a grass field way the hell up there in Wisconsin, y'all can figure it out. I I don't care what the excuse is. There's medical science behind how how much more often players get hurt on turf. It doesn't even take medical science to realize that a player's cleats cannot dig and move through turf as freely and smoothly and as softly as it can on turf, yet we fucking have turf everywhere, and players just keep getting hurt at a much higher rate, yet we're doing it anyways. But back to your post, Benjamin. I don't, I mean, what can the medical staff do? How can the 49ers medical staff run out there in the middle of that play and keep Emmanuel Mosley from tearing his ACL? I I guarantee you that these guys that run these medical teams are diving so deeply into the science of player health and what they can eat, and what they can do, and how they can stretch, and activities they can do to prevent these types of injuries. But in the end, it's football. It's like the most one of the most violent games 
on the planet and people are going to get hurt. It just sucks. I don't know that anybody needs to get fired, but maybe somebody up in the NFL that decided to allow more turf uh, should get fired. That's where my head's at right now. Chris Wall, Tevin Coleman found an elixir of life. I know, man. I mean, he was with the Jets earlier. Then he got released by them. Uh, I don't know what Tevin Coleman did last year. Let me look. Did he just straight up take last year off? I think he said he was spending a lot of time with family in Atlanta. Let me see. Let's see here. Tevin Coleman stats. Uh, 2021 with the Jets. I mean, he was he was on he was there for 11 games, you know. And then his his last year is 2020 was with the 49ers, but he didn't really do anything. Uh, I'm assuming he, he got hurt. So he had a, a season with the Jets, Jets, and wasn't really doing anything this year. So uh, yeah, he's he, he's back at it, and he looked decent. I mean, he made plays. He even went up and mossed the hell out of a Panthers defensive back um, on a play where he said Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't really supposed to throw that unless he was covered by like a linebacker. And there was a mismatch, but it was a corner, and uh, or, uh, Tevin Coleman went up and got it anyway. I feel like I accidentally called him Jeff Wilson Jr. If I did, my bad. Uh, we can't survive a week or game without injuries. No, no, we cannot. Kyle got his balls back. Uh, I think that's a good point. I think the 49ers were dialing up some pretty good plays. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was playing a pretty good brand of football. And maybe that's closer to what this offense is going to look like the more comfortable Jimmy Garoppolo gets back in the swing of things again. Uh, Juwan Jennings is a yak bro. Yards after catch. Yes, he is. I was super impressed with Juwan Jennings. Again, only two catches, but both of them had a had a big, big impact on the game. Gavin Ferguson, what do you think the Niners need to get involved more in the passing game going forward, Kittle or Ayuk? I mean, I don't really want to choose between the two because they did a good job of getting George Kittle involved in this game. Uh, you know, he had six targets, five catches for 47 yards. Uh, George Kittle did fumble, so shame on him, but, I mean, it is what it is. It happens. I want to say Ayuk. You know, Ayuk only had four targets. He had three catches, but they were for 58 yards, and he averaged 19.3 yards per reception. You know, Ayuk is a playmaker. He There was one play that he should have caught um, on a kind of like a back shoulder. But I, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say Brandon Ayuk because I think he pushes your offense further down the field, closer to the end zone than George Kittle does. But George Kittle is that reliable third down. I need this. Get open, George. Catch this. Box wall this guy out. Box this guy out. Go up and get it. It's tough to choose between the two. Uh, but I right now I kind of lean towards Ayuk because I think he just makes your offense more dangerous. And I, I could be way wrong on that. I mean, George Kittle had the record for a reason. Does he still have the record? Somebody break it? I don't know. Whatever. Sorry to keep dragging this shit, man. All right. That was Gavin Ferguson's questions. Let's go to Brian Hamilton. Injuries, but got to love a win with our team's depth. We need Verrett moving forward. Uh, the 49ers are definitely hoping that Jason Verrett is, is back to form. They've given him a lot of time. But again, veteran, vet, Verrett, he's on the older side now. He suffered a lot of injuries. Uh, we'll see what the 49ers get from him. Jake M., my takeaway is that the amount of players that are losing that we are losing is going to catch up to them. I'm genuinely concerned about the long-term success of the team. If they continue losing two to three players a game, great win at a great cost. Yeah. You know, I posted that, uh, 
that gif on Twitter, the old Thanos gif, you know, what did it cost? Everything. But, and it's true. Hopefully that's not the, that's not the pace. Hopefully they're not losing two to three players a game through the rest of the season. Otherwise there wouldn't be a football team left to play and there wouldn't be any salary cap left to spend. But it is wild. It sucks. AJ 49ers. Do the 49ers leave Charlotte without a deal in place to trade for McCaffrey? Ha! Um, <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, and you'd be able to find it on Niners Wire right now. Um, my, It wasn't what I thought the 49ers would do. It was what I would do if I was the 49ers. Um, I uh, I said the 49ers should drop to draft Christian McCaffrey with the third overall pick in which they took Solomon Thomas. Now, I mean, Christian McCaffrey has struggled with uh, with injuries a little bit, but I mean, he's just he's just been been outstanding. And I just always was like, dude, what would Kyle Shanahan do with a running back like Christian McCaffrey? I mean, geez. I don't know if Christian McCaffrey's available. I do think the Panthers should probably be selling. You know, they've, they're going to have to get a new head coach. I don't know what they're going to, if they need a new GM, they're going to have to start figuring it out. But I would love to see Christian McCaffrey in the 49ers offense. I'm not sure they have the money to pay Christian McCaffrey. He's got a big contract. I don't know. I know. I'm trying to to Google as I talk and find this article that I wrote many years ago. But I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it might not exist anymore, but I know it would be buried way in there. But yeah, I was a big, big fan of Christian McCaffrey coming out. And I just really, really liked the idea of Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Shanahan's offense. And I think Kyle Shanahan would too, but I don't know. It would be cool if they pulled it off, but I just, they seem like there's, there's too much um, in the way for something like that to happen. And who knows if the Panthers are willing to sell Alan Chi. 49ers have good depth and still look good against an awful Carolina team with all the injuries, but injuries are stacking up quickly and could become an issue against better teams. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like we were just talking about, you've got uh, the Chargers coming up. You've got the Chiefs coming up. The Chiefs, although they don't have a Tyreek Hill anymore, they've still got a Travis Kelsey, and they are going to be looking to take advantage of whichever quarterback is opposite Charvarius Ward. Maybe they're even going to look to go after Ward, who came from the Chiefs. So. Um, we'll see how much teams start trying to expose um, what we expect is to be a missing Emmanuel Mosley. But hopefully um, things still look the same because, man, this defense is is legendary. It's it's a unbelievably good defense. Last but certainly not least, we've got Michael McVay. Loved how the offense closed out the game. Defense stepped up well as well after Bosa was out with the groin. Hope he's okay. And for the rest of the division lost, on to Atlanta. Let's go Niners. That's a great way to summarize it. Um, the defense dominated. The offense stepped up to a, a level more commensurate with the 49ers defense. Hopefully, Bosa's injury doesn't keep him out long term. And uh, and right, like like Mike said, the rest of the division lost. So the 49ers were able to take a, a small step away from the rest of the division today. And that'll be up to them to maintain it with a, with a challenging schedule coming up. So, all right, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the 49ers 37-15 to win over the Panthers. Starting to look like a real football team. Uh, we'll see how they do going forward. Uh, it's, it's, it's all in front of them. It's all in front of them. The 49ers can put themselves well into the playoff hunt 
with a good stretch of games coming up. So let's look forward to that. Um, again, shout out to Max for stabbing. That's exciting. Anyways, go watch Drive to Survive if you don't know what I'm talking about. 49ers, man. Three and two. Hey, thank you for listening to the pod. Thank you for being here. Thank you supporting for supporting us. Thank you for for just just again just being here. If you if you feel so inclined, if you you're enjoying the pod, uh, leave us a positive review on whatever you're listening to it. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is. Um, another just another way to support the pod. But I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, but y'all know what it is. I mean, this this rambling has got to come to an end at some point. And uh, that, that's where we're at. So I'm Rob, and this is Striking Gold, and we are all together signing out. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.